Girls, come to story time. In the great green room, there's a telephone and a red balloon. Please don't do this. Goodnight Moon is for babies. It's a board book, dude. Okay, fine. What's it going to be? You guys pick. Okay, we love this one. Oh, A Massive Collection Volume 1 by Steve Sirk. You know, this is the first wide-ranging collection of his work. It features long-lost stories dating as far back as 97. It has a lot of popular favorites from over the years, too. Well, what is Volume 1? Like it's quiet? No, it means it's like the first of a larger set. Oh, okay, so where's the next one? Well, it's funny that you asked that, because Volume 2 just came out. You can get it at Steve Sirk's website, sirkbook.com. It'll also be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Links will be available at some We are not point. listening to you. Just go order it. Okay, look, all Sirk's books are available at Amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. See sirkbook.com for more details. So far, the crew has cleared every hurdle naysayers have placed in their way. Columbus would be home to one of the ten inaugural teams. Columbus has outperformed much larger cities. The true success indicator has been from the fans. Hello and welcome to the club. It's the Upper 90 Club. I'm your host, Mars. With me in the club are Ben, Mort, Trey, and Haas. This is our off-week production of the Upper 90 Club. Uh, <laughs> filled with COVID. Sorry, You're talk- I, why I are you felt- talking like that? Well, because, yeah. because he put me down last week about how I was... His pep. I was... Uh, I'm not cutting this. We're still uh, rolling. Sleepy, sleepy... What was his name? Sleepy uh, Pete. Low energy Jeb is what I was trying to remember. <laughs> Please clap. Okay, so uh, on this episode, we are going to we. Oh, this is this is great. We have an interview with Steve Sirk, the de facto uh, historian of the oh, Columbus Crew. Sirk joins the circus. Yeah, <laughs> you've been holding on to that one forever. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> oh, don't smile yeah. like that. <laughs> I had I was actually going to use massive as an acronym, like Mister Awesome Steve Cirque is very, and then I was going to say incredible, but I think that starts with an I. It, yes, yeah. it does. you think you think it starts with an I? Encyclopedia. His is it's his very encyclopedic. Book. Good job. His new book is A Massive Collection, Volume 2, and we talked to him about that and many other things. Uh, so that was that was good to talk to him, especially on the off week here. We don't have a game to review, uh, but we will get a update from Bird. As we're recording, um, we're kind of waiting to see the result of the Austin Colorado. 70th minute Austin. Zero, zero. We want Austin to win so that they will come to Columbus and lose, right? I said it that way, so I can't clip that, right? A lot of people (laughs) said uh, today that they want to see Colorado lose. That's how they put it. Oh, okay. Uh, Well said. Much better. So I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff here. So, um, all right. We're also going to yeah get the update from Bird, and then we're going to just kind of talk through the table. Um, we did a little bit of this last week. Um, much of it got cut for time, but uh, nearly all of it. <laughs> nearly all of it. <laughs> uh, but things are shaping up. Uh, Nashville did a solid. Uh, yeah, beat New England this week, and uh, that was we'll, a wild we'll talk- ride. We'll talk more about that yeah, um, at the tail end of this show. So um, I think 
uh, I already said who was on everyone. We should and talk about the I know Nordic. A couple of you guys. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Is a couple of these guys uh, are just hoping that we can get get through this show so that they can what go to sleep. That Trey and dark. Trey and Mort were in the Nordeka Cup today at Historic Crew Stadium. Uh, Mort <laughs> won the whole dang thing by himself. Mm-hmm. So Mort and Mort. his team. Yes. So yeah, I guess I'll. I'll throw to Ben first. Uh, did you play, Ben? No, I have COVID. All right. that's. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. So, Mort, <laughs> let's go to you. Uh, Thanks, Trey, uh, for subbing. Tell, oh, yeah, and Trey subs for a bit. You're welcome. Uh, Mort, tell us about the tournament. No, it was great. Um, it was a much smaller uh, tournament this year and last year, from what I understand, it was six teams. But the thing they did differently was that everything was randomized. So you just have random players. They kind of rated themselves and they put them on teams. And um, I happened to uh, get on a pretty good team that took me all the way. Um, so a little shout out to a couple of people there. Obviously, first of all, to Aaron, because Aaron carried this team and scored all the goals. So uh, Aaron <laughs> oh, nice. Griffith. Yeah, and she was playing like she said. I gotta leave. I have more games to play. I was like, you played that whole tournament. Uh, she, had, <laughs> she, she was going to resolute, and then she's going to go some other place to play afterwards. I was like, how old are you? She's like twenty five. Okay, okay. That that starts to explain it. I I'm going to go home that. and lay on the couch and cry. So that's yeah. that's, that, that's my plan. <laughs> Trey but couldn't no, get out of the had, car. Nope. Yeah. So so it was a, no, it was a good org- <laughs> organized thing. It was very friendly, very laid back. Uh, I guess we had there was some stuff last year, but this year was nothing. Everybody was just happy to be there and having a good time. How long um, were the matches? Just only twenty five minute matches. Okay. Uh, just yeah, just so it was kind of like playing two full games when we played four games. To put it that mm-hmm. way, so that's the only reason we could kind of survive it. Um, I was uh, on the team with Ty Phillips, the manager of supporter relations. He, she, he also is a part of organizing the whole event as well. Is he? So he was uh, refing. Yeah. I, I texted him before. I'm like, yo, were you playing? And he's like, yeah. Because I, I think he, didn't he also get promoted? I, I think he's like technically front office, like oh, legit okay. front office staff now. So he's like, I don't know if I'm allowed to play. So when I saw you, you get drawn or you got drawn with him, I was like, oh, cool. We, we used to Was play there any evidence that he like put his thumb on the scale? He couldn't or... reward himself. So so everybody on the winning team got a reward. We could talk about that later. But he said, I can't take one because that's okay. not. Because they yeah, already so give me them for free. Yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to do your shout outs, but then I want to hear about the reward. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we had uh, Donnie Markham that we had, of course, on here from uh, Black Flag Social Club. So mm-hmm. uh, he oh, was, on, was on your well team. Represented. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the rest of the team, I don't get all the names right, whatever, Ben, Sam, Colton, Brian, Jose, of course, Aaron, the MVP of the tournament, scored all the goals. And uh, no, it was fun. You Good are time. all champions. And so what will you receive as uh, the reward for your so accomplishments today? COVID. We were told that we are getting the uh, 2024 uh, new crew jersey when that is being released. So that's okay. pretty sweet. The because the, they'll do a new gold one, right? Yeah, it's a gold. This a gold year this year, so that's pretty sweet. And Trey, so uh, you guys did not win, but still, uh, I'm sure you you tried really hard. We did. <laughs> did you know? Did you know hard. anyone on your team? <laughs> um, on my team, most notably, we had Morgan Hughes. Okay. Um, and there was a couple other, um, people that I honestly do not remember a lot of names. And then I ended up playing with the second team 
um, because they didn't have any subs. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, so, but how did you fare? Job. You played um, me. We lost out to Morton's team <laughs> two to one. Okay. Um, honestly, if we would have beat you guys, we probably would have done pretty well. Yeah, that was that was the toughest. The no, football over the mountains too. Right? It, it was it was the <laughs> toughest game. The toughest game of the day we, was the one that I played you. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, and I could team. easily have gone both ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. Travis Irvine okay. was on your no, first was, team, right? See, uh, Travis didn't make the tournament. Uh, okay, so he he did not make it today. I say he's like he's from, but New York no, City. I mean it was a great job by 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 Ty and and um, Nordek and you know it was, it was honestly a very fun tournament. And if anybody is ever thinking about signing up to do it, do it. Yeah, and then get COVID. You can come any skill level, have fun, play on the um, historic Crew Stadium turf. Um. Yeah, it, it was it was totally worth so it. So you, you were you were good with the turf. Out. Yeah, the turf was good. All right, it was all right. All right, not clip quite that. moist just, enough, but it just was good. Clip that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so let's let's get into our interview with Steve here, uh, and then I think we're gonna just go straight into the to the crew two update with Bird, uh, and then we'll kind of take a look at the table here and uh, talk about what's to come and and uh, and what what uh, matchups we may see going into the playoffs. So uh, we'll be right track. This episode of the Upper 90 Club is brought to you, as always, by Supporter Supply Company. Hi, friends. This is your good pal, Morgan Hughes, here to talk to you about a serious issue facing 96% of all crew supporters in Columbus. Why, not enough free shipping, of course. For a limited time, now through the eventual heat death of the universe, Upper 90 Club listeners can use the promo code UPPER90BOYS. That's boys with a Z on the end of it. And check out for free delivery on absolutely any order over $10. But Morgan, what if I order $10 worth of stickers or those goddamn buttons or some other combination of small items that make you want to kill yourself? Will the free shipping still apply then, even as you curse our family while you package up our little tiny annoying ass order for us? <laughs> of course it will. That's just how much we here at Supporter Supply value our friends at the Upper 90 Club. So head on over to supportersupply.co and use the promo code UPPER90BOYS, that's boys with a Z, at checkout for free shipping on all your orders over $10. And don't forget to tell them that your friends at the Upper 90 Club sent ya. So uh, with us in the club is Steve Sirk. Uh, he is the official historian of the Columbus crew. Uh, you may have other titles, Steve, uh, and we'll get into that. But uh, appreciate you making time to talk to us. Uh, you have a new book out called A Massive Collection, Volume 2. And uh, yeah, again, we're, we're thrilled to have you here. So welcome to the club. Oh, thanks for having me. So for those who don't know, why don't you kind of just do a quick uh, intro of yourself and your affiliation with the crew uh, so we can set the stage and then we can uh, jump into to what you're up to today and, uh, and the new book, of course. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of a uh, you know, de facto historian. Um, of the club, I um, was at the very first game, and you know, was interested in the team. You know, even leading up to the formation of MLS and the the second season. I'm sorry, the third season. So 1998, um, I had an opportunity to start covering the team, and had no idea what I was doing, and just 
you know, kind of fell into it and, you know, as the years progress and, you know, you make those relationships and, you know, get to know people and, uh, just started kind of chronicling, you know, stories about the team and, and, and just, you know, kind of holding on to that and, 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 uh, you know, just trying to share, just trying to tell stories about the club and, you know, then, you know, decades go by and all of a sudden you're an old person and you're like a historian. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I, I love, I love the, I'm reading the, the new book. Um, I love how it is a collection of stories, as you say. Um, and I say that because when we started this show, it kind of came from us just talking about the crew. But as we talked to more people that were affiliated with the club in one way or another, and uh, or or supporters of other clubs, et cetera, the 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 uh, the picture that began to be painted was that there were just so many perspectives of this same thing that we all love. And I felt like, uh, as I read the book, that uh, you've kind of done that. Like, you've kind of accomplished a, a lot of the same kind of, uh, go- uh, to a much greater extent, of uh, just a- chronicling the shared experiences that so many people have with this this team that we love. So, um, yeah, well said. Um, so, uh, I guess... Well, you said that you started you started covering the team in '98. Was that uh, freelance, or is that like an official position with the club? Or no, it was it was just a total fluke. So when I was in college, I would just write silly things for fun, like I, I and like tape them to my dorm room door. Like you know, like one of our friends would go on a date, and I'd write like a fake news story about his, you know, just like whatever <laughs> he came back and talked about his date. And that, except I would write it as like a news story, completely making fun of, yeah, you know, things yeah, like that, yeah, you know, yeah. like just completely stupid crap, pointless stuff that I would just do to entertain myself and and my friends. Um, and then, uh, so ninety eight. I mean, I so I graduated ninety seven. So it was like a year out of college, you know, more than a year out of college at this point, and. Uh, no, not a year, almost a year out of college. And a guy who lived in my dorm, Abram Shear, he, he says, hey, I ran, he was living up in Michigan. And he's like, oh, I ran into this guy. He's got this magazine called the Michigan Soccer News. And, uh, you know, Brian Mason, I was from Michigan. And the guy said, you know, he wished he could cover the crew more, but they're so far away. He was like, oh, I know this guy who's a good writer. Um, you know, and he, lo- he likes the crew. Like, you know, you should have him do it. And so he just put me in touch with this guy and all of a sudden, like we had like, you know, a five minute conversation and just based on me living in Columbus. Yeah. Um, he's just like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll get you a press pass. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing. All yeah. of a sudden I have a press pass. Um, and all of a sudden I'm going to games. I'm like, I don't know anybody or what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, you know, this wasn't what I went to school for or anything. You know, yeah. I just, I was like, all right, I guess that's what I'm doing. And so, and I, I mean, I've told the story before how Brian Mazenov is the nicest person in the world. So Mays being from Detroit, you know, they <clears throat> wanted me to kind of focus on him. And so I went to like media day in 98 and, um, you know, the, the first, you know, the PR director, Jeff Worth, he introduces me to Mays is the K this guy's covering the team for this Michigan thing, you know? 
And, you know, this is before cell phones and everything, right? And Maze is like, oh, you know, so nice to meet you. He, he gets some piece of paper. I, I still have it somewhere. Um, you know, writes his home phone number, you know. <laughs> he's just like, call me As anytime you, you need anything. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, he's like, just call me anytime you need anything. And I was like, what the hell just happened? You know, like, <laughs> like I'm like this nobody. I don't even know what I'm doing. And this guy, you know, who was one of my favorite players at, at that, you know, time, you know, as a fan, you know, just right away, just, you know, here's, here's my home phone number. Call me anytime you need anything. I'm like, uh, all right. Um, and I, I tell Maze to this day, I was like, you know, like if you would have been a dick to me, like, I don't know that I ever would have like survived it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Like, it's like, don't meet your idols. The, right. And he was like the nicest person hands me his home phone number, like the day we meet. Um, and, uh, you know, so that kind of sets me at ease a little because I'm like, well, I mean, this guy's nice. All right. How, how bad could this be? Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I just kind of fell into it. And then, you know, I met like, you know, Craig Murs and Dwight Burgess and people like that. And they were very helpful and, kind of showing me the ropes and, and yeah well, the pr director would like yell at me all the time for all the things i was doing wrong you know that were unprofessional and uh so i kind of learned that way too you know <laughs> like okay well, don't do that what um, what was the media landscape like in those early years like was it you know did you did you see that you had a lot of peers out there or were you like you know the only the only game in town what, what did it look like well i mean you had you had Murs at the dispatch um, well, at that time, so 98, that was when I think crew fans started. So that was like the, the, you know, the precursor of something that was like massive report Yeah. now, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a, you know, at that point, you know, fan centric, you know, website, but that would, you know, write about all the games and editorials and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of the precursor of that, um, but I don't, they weren't credentialed really the media landscape. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty much MERS, you know, Dwight well, was doing games on the radio. Um, I, and you know, there wasn't, I, I, you know, I like the other paper, the other paper. Yeah. 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 Well, I get, but, uh, I, I, I get the feeling from just the MLS when I was in Columbus anyway. And I would imagine that it would be even, even more welcoming earlier on. Um, that these these players and these teams they they want to be accessible and open to you know making relationships with with folks that are interested in the team because they're still blazing the trail right <laughs> you know I mean I I can't think of a of back a, then I felt like they're just making it up as they go along yeah <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah. should we have a photographer at the game it's like yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was yeah i mean everyone you know especially at that stage you know in the very very earliest days like in the 90s i mean it was yeah still very much just trying to sell the game yeah sell the team sell the league yeah. you know and people like yeah i mean it was it was very accessible i mean you know the, the you know the players were super accessible you know because everyone wanted the game to grow and yeah and wanted uh you know, they, they wanted everything to succeed. So, um, and, and, you know, MLS you know, as a whole was very small potatoes back then. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Columbus, you know, had some success right out of the gate, but, you know, as a whole, you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, there, there was, you know, someone like me who didn't even know what I was doing and just fell into this. I mean, it was, it was a good time for that to happen just because, 
everyone was so kind and open and accommodating and, and trying to grow the game and, and uh, you know, and so it, it, it was, you know, kind of an environment. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of ripe for that sort of thing. Well, so you, uh, so you were a fan first <clears throat> and I had the luxury of being a fan uh, just later, like Oh seven ish. And by then I think a lot of some of the, staples were kind of like you know there were crew fans at rubies before all the games and there was you know a march to the stadium and the nordeca had kind of you know had a had you know an identity uh, in in a few different groups and and so it's easy for me to say like oh my ritual was you know we go to the bar and then we you know run across the train tracks and try not to get hit by a train and and try even harder well, after you know a couple of giant modellos and that kind of thing, and, <laughs> you know. But uh, what I, as a fan, you know, what? How do you how do you watch the games? You know, what's your what's your game day ritual? What you know, or how did it start, or how has it evolved? Um, I don't know that I really had you know like so you know those first couple of years at Ohio State, like the first year I had an internship in Columbus, so I was living down on campus like i just you know rented you know someone was gone for the summer you know a student gone for the summer and i just rented you know for the summer while i was in town for my internship so i just you know walk over to the games um i don't know i never really had any uh particular ritual i mean later on like when i you know covering the team at the historic crew stadium you know I, i definitely had you know, game day rituals in terms of like, okay, when I get there, first place I go is the tunnel, you know, talk to guys when they come in, then I'd go up to the press box and, yeah, you know, talk to, you know, the beat writers or A-Race or Bob Hunter or someone, you know, whoever was around. And then I would like take a couple laps around the stadium, see who I'd find walking the concourse, you know, and just, you know, I kind of had little, you know, rituals like that. But yeah, you know, as far as a, just a general game day ritual, I, I don't really have. A, yeah. Well, you know. I I mentioned going to Ruby's, um, and I I read uh, in your new book about Ziggy's Thursday sessions at Ruby. Somehow, I don't know if I was like doing karaoke or something on Thursday nights, but I I never managed to know about or or stumble upon uh, Ziggy Schmidt being at at Ruby's on Thursday nights. Did you attend those sessions or any of those sessions? Did you interact with him and and what was that like? I, I mean, I never went to the, to the room. I mean, you know, I, you know, obviously interacted with him over the years, yeah. you know, and, you know, as coach at, you know, games and practices and stuff, but I, I never went to the, the Ruby's things. I mean, it just seemed like it was like a, just a cool thing. You know, he, he would go and just hang out at the bar and yeah. Talk a little, talk, talk a little bit and, about that. Just, I was, it was like pretty, pretty, uh, cool that he was doing it like on his own time. i don't think we're gonna see nazi at ruby tuesdays or like right. you know bourbon street and it started it started before the the uh the game where the nordeca was born so like in 2008 before the first game he i, I think maybe and maybe they even had like a preseason thing where like oh you know so he's gonna come by you know yeah. and then you know they won and you know Ziggy's not going to mess with a superstition, right? right? So it just became, okay, well, the next Thursday I'm going. And it just turned into a thing. And, and yeah, he, he would just sit at the bar and talk to whoever wanted to talk to him about soccer. And, you know, it, it didn't have to be the crew. 
It could be about anything, you know. I mean, the guy the guy would just talk about soccer and tell stories to anyone, you know. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, no pretense from him in, in that scenario. I mean, you know, he, he, I'm sure he had to sit there and listen to you know drunk people tell him all the things he was doing wrong. Right. And <laughs> right. What, what play three in should the back be starting and what what sort of uh, tactics he should be employing. I'm sure he had to you know kind of suffer through that some oh, but bless there, were, probably there weren't as many podcasts there well at that time when people <laughs> yeah. could just you know hey like you know air their dirty laundry or whatever about the crew like, <laughs> he, but he probably even enjoyed that yeah you know? like um you know he he was it, it was just a cool thing and and I, I mean i never went down there for it because uh, you know i also just felt like okay this is a cool thing that he does you know and yeah 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 just you know kind of let it be and he it, i mean i just thought it was hilarious that when after he left and he was coaching seattle he always made sure to get the team out here in time so that he could go to ruby's on right. thursday <laughs> oh well yeah. even when he was coaching the sounders because he didn't want to you know he still thought it was like good luck right know, so well we um, have we discussed in the last couple episodes about how early a team goes to a game and it sounds like if it was seattle <laughs> and you know oh nine or whatever it was you know 2010 they were coming early <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that he could go. No one flies didn't the they same win? day. That didn't they win? Bananas. No, they don't. No. Didn't they? Uh, they then they won a game on the. Uh, wasn't there a storied uh, PK where uh, it was against Seattle when he was here? Oh yeah, when oh when they uh, when Tyrone Marshall dug up the penalty spot. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was a that was a crazy night. So you know they they call that penalty. And I was in the radio booth and, um, you know, with Neil and McCullers and Brian Bliss were in there and, you know, so there's all the, you know, everyone's arguing and I just happened to notice, like, cause I saw all the ball kids like pointing and pointing at something. I was like, what's going on? And I know, and then I look and, and there's Tyrone Marshall just digging a crater where the, the penalty spot would normally be yeah and i was trying to get like mccullers attention or bliss's attention but by the time you know because they were like you know about the penalty or whatever and yeah and um and you know and then the gj starts complaining and you know the ref's like eh, well you know here set it over here you know whatever yeah <laughs> and and then gj misses the penalty and and at the time i think like seattle's like clinging to like the last playoff spot or something and you know at the time i was just kind of like well that was pretty funny you know yeah you got to do what you got to do to try and win it was a bit of gamesmanship and it actually paid off you know he he, he missed his penalty and seattle wins and well yeah he, so then he, he was probably a little put off from having to show up so early for the game you know, so then we we go down you know it's so like in the locker room and then gj being gj saying like the most hilarious things ever right and he's like oh they they broke the floor before the penalty right <laughs> which just killed me yeah. um so then so then um so after that we like went out to the tent and dante comes up to me i was like i know if only one other person in the stadium saw it it was you i was like oh tyrone digging up the spot he's like exactly so then <laughs> it was chris bear who, who used to be a trainer or you know, or not the trainer, uh, the equipment guy, like a long time ago. He, but he, he was talking with us. He was like, "Oh, you should go take photos of it." And I was like, "Oh yeah, well, why didn't I think of that?" So Tucker, Walther, and I, like, we run back into the stadium and we go out on the field, and we're trying to like, you know, there's like a crater where the 
penalty spot used to be but it can't you know i'm trying to take pictures well, you know especially like a well, when was this 2000 like a 2010 yeah. era cell phone <laughs> yeah you got you like know, the razor like, <laughs> yeah the <laughs> razor right, like, or, yeah like, the, like uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm we're trying to, to get pictures that, and it's yeah. like it's not really doing it justice i mean you could tell that there's not a spot where the spot was supposed to right. be but you couldn't really you couldn't really tell how deep it is and then tucker's like wait so then we had a tucker had a is the ticket. uh marketing director what was his job uh, Tucker, he was like the the team administrator, so he okay. like all the travel, mm-hmm. all the okay. He kind of oversaw all the operations of the the, the team. You know, he basically made every. He, he was kind of like, yeah, he, anything to do with the team side itself. You know, he kind of went through him. It was uh, it was quite a quite a job. Um, I mean, that guy was like on the phone twenty four hours a day. I don't know when he ever slept, but we. So we we were like trying to we we're trying to prop up like a drink. He's like, oh, I got a drink ticket in my pocket. So we're trying to get a photo showing like the drink ticket. He's doing the whole <laughs> like and that's banana for so scale. Then we put like so yeah, then we put right. like Tucker's cell phone in there to try to prop the drink ticket up. Yeah, and, like it was so it was so stupid. And we're trying to take these photos, and then I wrote something about it like that night. And then, uh, you know, all the Seattle people went crazy talking about, you know, sore losers and, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. And, and Ziggy's like, I have no idea what he's even talking about. And I was like, oh, come on, Ziggy. <laughs> but, you know, he, you know, publicly he had to say like, oh, this is, yeah, I don't know anything about any of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it kind of blew up for a little while and it was pretty entertaining to me because I'm like, I wasn't even mad. I just thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh yeah let's go take pictures and let's write about this. Cause I thought it was like a fun little game within the game, you know, type of moment. So then I don't, I don't remember when this was 2016 or 17 or something. Brian Dunseth was in town and we were, you know, getting drinks or hanging out or whatever. And in the arena district and Tyrone Marshall happened to be there. Uh huh. And so Dunny like waves him over to our table and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, like this is crazy. And I'm just like waiting for it and waiting for it. And then finally, you know, at some point, Dunny's like, oh, Tyrone, remember, uh, you know, when you, uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, and I was like, what? yeah, that was me. I was like, that was me. Confession time. And he, he and Tyler just started laughing. You yeah. Know, he, I mean, he just admitted, he was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, I did. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's time, like a known course, thing. He denied it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, at the time, you know, of course, he denied it, but you know, when it happened, but you know, oh, sure. we were just laughing about it, you know. So I thought that was kind of fun. It was like, oh, all those years later, we just happened to run into each other. I thought and, you were going to say he was like, you know, like scratching the floor at the bar with a chair or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it was, it, it was just pretty funny because uh, yeah, it was like a fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah, you know, we just laughed about it. But uh, well, so I think that that was in volume. I think I, I think I put that. Yeah, that was in volume one. Like that whole saga the breaking the floor no uh, uh, i i i just read about it <laughs> in volume two. Oh, so, what's the volume yeah, two? okay yeah, never mind yeah. uh so so and i want to make track of which one yeah, so many say, volumes I track of which one was in which, <laughs> i was track of what's in which one yeah yeah i've well, written so, a bunch of books too it's hard <laughs> well all yeah. this all this started as like one big you know yeah, thing and I was right like, well, there's way too much stuff for one so then i kind of you know it was more like it wasn't even like, oh, volume one is the best of, and then volume two is the leftovers. It was kind of more like just trying to break it down like into chunks of similar, you know, chunks about this or chunks about that or, you know. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I want to I want to set it up, too. So let's let's talk about the book. Uh, the new one is A Massive Collection, volume two. Um, 
talk yeah zoo, it sounds like you're zooming out kind of talk talk about what's in it and how it came to be this whole this whole project actually started um I don't know, 2016, 17, something. Um, so Erica Kress, who was the former VP of marketing, yeah, she, she sent me a link to an old article I wrote about Mark Doherty in like, uh, I think it was 2000 or 99. 99. I just read uh, it. 99. Yeah. And, um, and it turns out Mark's now wife, you know, uncovered it some, you know, from internet archive or something. Mm hmm. And, uh, and, and sent it to Erica, like, you know, she knew Erica and she was like, Oh, look at this article I found about Mark, you know, and Erica like, you know, forwarded it to me and it really just kind of dawned on me. I was like, man, you know, like you, a lot of the stuff, you know, you, you do it on the internet, you just think it's forever, but it's really not, you know, like websites disappear or, you yeah. know, or they get updated and they don't import the old stuff. you know, there, I was like, there's so much stuff that's, you know, yeah. Looking at you, MySpace. lost. <laughs> yeah, right. There's so much stuff that's either currently lost or will be lost in the future, and it's like, no, I should, you know, try and you know pull some of this stuff, you know, the, these kinds of stories, you know, together, and just just so you know to preserve them and make sure they're documented. And so that's kind of how it, that was kind of the genesis of the idea of doing these kind of you know just story collections. Plus, I just love books like that too. Like you, you could just pick them up and read, you know. Yeah. Some yeah. chapters are like two pages, you know, some are like five, you know, but you know, it's like, oh, you could just pick it up and Yeah. Someone know, someone know. was like, Well, is it like a, a coffee table book? And I was like, kinda not. Yeah. I mean, you I was like, you could pick it up and put it down. The chapters are anywhere between like a couple paragraphs describing like Bruce Arena or like, you know, like longer ones. Like the Doherty one was a little bit longer, but it was like yeah. that was just more like you were just upset that he didn't you know, get on the uh, MLS All Star team. All star team. Yeah. But yeah, and, and so I was, so that was just kind of the thought. I was like, oh, you know, preserve these stories. And so I started working. I mean, I had to like unearth like, like one site I wrote for Match Night, they, you know, no longer exist. And the, they had set it up to block like the scraping from Internet Archive or whatever. Mm. So like none of that stuff exists on even on Internet Archive. And I had lost almost all of that stuff in a hard drive crash too. So, I mean, yeah, pretty much most of the 2004 and 2005 are just like lost forever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for stuff I wrote, except for a handful of things that like I found like in my email, where like, I emailed it to myself or, you know, whatever, you know, I found a few things, but, um, but yeah, so I, I just, and, and then I just had this mountain of stuff, you know, that I found like on old hard drives and, you know, sometimes someone I knew had a copy of it or something you know I, I, but I, I started um you know putting all this together and then it, it was like way too much for one book so then yeah i just kind of divvied it up like you know like oh this this section could go in one and this other section could go in the other you know in another volume or you yeah know, just and you know or i had like so many player stories i just kind of divvied them up yeah you know across the books you know um yeah but yeah so it, but yeah so then the idea was just you know whether you know whether it's player features or you know stories about big games or just funny ridiculous nonsense you know like the um um you know like, like, like the uh trip to medieval times that i put in volume one you know the oral history of the of that ridiculous photo when the team went to medieval times oh, so, I, God, you, know, just, for it. you know silly stuff like that or um 
you know, and then, and then there's some, you know, either, you know, stuff that didn't get published, you know, originally, you know, was never published or things I, I wrote new, um, you know, for the books. Um, like when I tracked it, well, this is also volume one. So I don't know why I keep talking about volume one when volume two just came out, but like when Bismarcky did his, uh, you know, yeah. just a friend, you know, the mm-hmm. save the crew thing. And I was like, yeah, if I tell one save the crew story, I got to get the story behind that. And, and, I mean, actually talked to Bismarcky about it and, and, you know, so, I mean, there were some new things, you know, in there too. So it's not, you know, all old articles. Yeah. Um, you know, so like this one, I think, you know, I had the, um, looked the article about Josh when he had his blood clot, clot and had to have his rib taken out. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that didn't, that didn't run originally. So, you know, I put that in, you know, so there, I mean, there are, a f- you know, a few things like that. Just and, funny stuff and, like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, or or the academy. So yeah, the academy stuff in 2012. I just like embedded with the academy. I mean, I went on road trips with them. I was going to do like this whole big like, I don't know. In my mind, it was going to be like a ten part, you know, thing with the academy. And then, uh, and then when Kirk Urso passed away, I, it, that just fell to the wayside. And then I started you know focusing on that project. So, uh, but I still had like a ton of stuff from that project that never saw the light of day or uh so that was one of the things that went into this book you know it was kind of the, the the first piece i wrote for you know what was intended to be a many piece look at the academy but i, I had the the first installment of that series you know written that never saw the light of day because i never ended up writing the rest of the series um so like you know that was in there to kind of give a snapshot of what what it was like to be, you know, part of the academy, you know, back in, yeah. in 2012. Yeah, well, I also like how it, you have those, like all the 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 like you have all the stuff you used to, you know, you wrote, but then you put like little uh, like footers at the end of each one, just like like little quips here and there. I, I was telling earlier, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's like pretty funny, like Douglas Adams style, but as like these funny things, like oh yeah, and you know, they just wanted to go off and win, and it'd be like a little footnote, like they lost. Or like you know something like yep that didn't happen. I was like that's hilarious. Like I don't. It's I. I'll read the page and then I'll go to the bottom and see all these like funny footnotes and I'll like go back up and piece them. I just think it's I'm really clever. I've never seen a book like do that or like have anything like that. I well, thought that was pretty funny. I, well, uh, well, I thought like you know because you know some of the you know if I'm running an article from 2000 or you know if I'm if I've got something I wrote in 2007 or something in there, it's like well. You know, there, I, I could add more context to it, or or right. make yeah. fun of something stupid I wrote, or or you know, or yeah, or if there's like some forward-looking statement, well, here's what actually came of that, or you yeah, know, or, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a way to just kind of add present-day context, you know, to things that were written back then, or to just make jokes, or to you know, just kind of better in, inform the piece, you know, with the benefit of hindsight. Um, so yeah, and that, that's kind of fun to do. You know, just kind of go through. Well, and I think it it flows well because it's not it's not really chronological, right? It, we ha- it's a collection of stories. There's yeah. there are almost like super chapters with sub chapters, you know, nestled in that are related to a super chapter topic. But even within those sub chapters, there's you know, there's, there are stories within there. And so like, I'm just thinking, you know, you writing about Randy Sims and then, you know, I mean, I just like, there are a few times in this, in this book where 
Um, I don't know if it's nostalgia or, or just, you know, just connecting with the shared experience, but like you, you, uh, had a, had the cover of the dispatch when they, when the crew won the 2008 MLS cup with Frankie on the cover. And I just got chills just see, just cause that image kind of sneaks up on you. Cause it's, it's within, you know, the, them winning the cup is within this larger piece about Randy Sims. Right. And, uh, I, 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 I love the way that it's all laid out because as when you're reading it, you can, you can read the story, you can appreciate the story, but it kind of intersects and, and weaves into, into your own, your own experience as a crew fan. Right. So I think that's the, the most entertaining part for me is like, it, it's almost like talking to somebody at a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. And I, and I, and I just take, you know, a lot of pleasure in like kind of collecting these things and preserving these things. And I figure like my hope at least is, you know, anyone who reads it, I mean, if they're a new fan, you know, they can obviously read about the history of the club and the people. And, you know, if you're a new fan and, you, and you're around older fans and they're talking about this and that, and you're like, who the hell are, are these people? You know, like, <laughs> you know, you could kind of fill in the backstory, but it, you know, if you've, if you've been a fan over the years, you know, hopefully there's, you know, something in there that, touches you like, Oh, I remember the, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That moment or that, or that player or that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, you know, kind of, you know, it can take you back. Oh so yeah. I, I, I really enjoy reading about the, the players and the seasons prior to when I watched the team. So there's like that experience, as you said, and then like, you know, another example I, I, I saw there was like, you were talking about the Chicago game. I'm, I live in Chicago now. And uh, the Chicago game from last year when Cucho's debut, I remembered it and I have to issue a, a, a correction because I, I think I've said a couple of times that Cucho scored twice in that game. But it was Etienne who scored twice and Cucho came on and, and scored the winner. And I was like enjoying reading about this game because I was there. And then you dropped in this this thing about how there was only one other time that the crew had come back from two to zero. And that was when they were away at Philly. Uh And just in that moment, I remember it was the only time I ever watched a game at uh, 4th Street Bar. My wife was Uh eight months pregnant with our first child. And she kept going to the bathroom and she kept missing the goals because they scored (laughs) the 74th minute, 76th minute or whatever, an 80th minute or whatever it was. It was probably probably one trip to the bathroom because it was was 78, 79, and 82. Somewhere somewhere in my photo reel, I have a video of the TV (laughs) at 4th Street so that I could show her the goals when she came out and then you know like i think at fourth street there was a lot of new metal going on on the on the jukebox but i as soon as the whistle blow blew put on uh it ain't over till it's over lenny kravitz (laughs) (laughs) and just you know jammed out anyway it was just this like awesome experience and i was reading about the chicago game when i had this memory so uh it was awesome i loved it anyway um okay so uh what what's your what's your uh crew experience like these days how are you affiliated what are you what are you up to um it's it's been hard the last few years um in terms of you know day-to-day um day-to-day involvement really um I'm, i'm up in cleveland now and then just 
work responsibilities and other things. You know, I, I rarely get to go to games anymore. Um, so mostly it's just watching on TV. Um, um, but, you know, periodically pitching in, um, you know, like uh, earlier this year, the the club, you know, approached me about writing about Lamar Hunt, you know, at the start of the Open Cup, you know, this year. So, um, you know, did a did a, a piece on Lamar um, for the team, um, <clears throat> you know, a couple of years ago, I was able to, um, for the last game at, at the at historic crew stadium, you know, Neil asked me to write like a little, well, first it was just going to be the video intro or, you know, write the intro to the pregame show. Um, and then it turned into, you know, because nothing I write is ever short. It turned into, you know, pretty it turned into like a six minute video, um, you know, that sacred ground video, um, that, that ran on the, on the pregame show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is like, you know, contributions here and there, you know, working on, you know, the books and, and, and. So still writing. So yeah, still writing. Yeah. And so you're a long distance fan. Like I am, what do you think of the, uh, of the Apple experience? I mean, I miss having our, our own broadcasters, you know, I mean, I miss, you know, having Neil and, and Jordan and, and Brett and everyone. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I, and now, you know, for the home games, I get to listen to Chris, you know, I, I yeah. flip the, the audio over yeah. to, mm-hmm. to Chris and that, that makes it awesome. Cause, um, you know, otherwise I wouldn't get, wouldn't get to listen to Chris, you know, um, so, so that's always fun, you know, to, to listen to him call the game. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like, you know, that, that's the one difference though. It's just kind of weird not having, you know, our, our own broadcast team, you know, like you're, you know, been used to for, you know, yeah, it's like a warm time. blanket. Like I really got used to just hearing their voice. Like when, um, when Neil went back and called, I forget what game it was. It was like four games ago or whatever. I was just like. It was just kind of feels yeah. just feels right. Like, yeah, cool. Like his voice makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do miss Jordan. I really liked her commentary, but I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, this feels good. And the next game, I was like, who are these people? They don't know how to pronounce anybody's names. Jordan Russell. <laughs> Neither do Ray. we. And you're like, who are <laughs> yeah, we? Yeah. Oh, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's an interesting, you know, setup and. Um, you know, be interested to see how it grows. And I mean, you know, it's the, the first year of it too, you know, it's, but I think that I, I think for me, that's just been like the, the, the one adjustment that's, you know, that's kind of like, it's like, Oh, you know, we don't have our, we don't have our people anymore. And I was like over the moon when they won a, won an Emmy for their coverage last year, you know, for their, their last year on the, yeah. on the, um, on the job, you know, and they, I, I was so excited for them that they, that they got recognized for for all the great work they did. Yeah, yeah, and they're still working. So Matt yeah. uh, Matt was not able to get his uh, technology to work here, but Good. he did. He wanted to make sure we talked about Dwight and Cirque talk black and gold. Um, he said that he appreciated the wealth of crew knowledge that you and Dwight brought to the to the mic uh, to make each ep- episode entertaining. Uh, is there talk of bringing that back? Uh, what do you, have you dabbled in that in in uh, podcasting since then, et cetera? What what's going on there? I, I have not. So <laughs> what happened? You know, so Dwight, you know, retired at the 
start of you know in, in in advance of the 2020 season yeah and you know they honored them you know with the the first game which turned out to be like the only right game you know right. before the pandemic hit so you know with him retiring we were like oh let's let's do this and i was in you know i just moved to cleveland um um that previous you know in the fall of 2019 so it's like i wasn't really gonna, you know, necessarily gonna be around as much i'm like oh yeah this will be perfect you know we can you know just you know bs about the crew and talk about history and stuff like that so uh <laughs> we started doing it and then yeah basically the, the whole world went sideways you know the the you know once the pandemic happened you know then all of a sudden i, I mean i was working like 75 hour weeks mm. um and it just became impossible and then i had like a family illness you know prolonged like family medical situation that yeah it just it was just like one thing you know things just kept happening and i just didn't really have the bandwidth all of a sudden um so it kind of i mean it sucked because i mean we were we were having fun but i just did not have the ability to to you know do it at that point and then um it's just yeah it, we, we just never picked back up with it yeah we should uh, but oh, yeah, i get it, it we're all hanging um, on by a thread here right <laughs> we started but, a podcast yeah, it, it we're was, like yeah well and and yeah and, and it's it's i know it's a lot of work to to edit it i know that ben knows that it's a lot of work to edit it and, and get it published <laughs> uh, and all that the i mean there's just more to it than just doing the talking right uh yeah. and creating a product and publishing and all that so yeah, yeah i mean we, I, I mean yeah we should, we should at some point because i mean it was, yeah it was fun like the one you know the ones we did because Dwight had like all the old audio tapes from like the 96 season. Yeah. Um, you know, he had like his own, you know, tapes of his broadcast or something. So we were like, like every week we would talk about a game from that year or something. And he, he would play like the radio clips of the goals or something. Yeah. You know, so that, that was kind of neat to hear like the historic. Him calling it. Audio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, um, we, so yeah, I guess, I guess I would say, you know, ne- you know, never say never, but yeah, it, it, you know, the world just kind of blew up in a few yeah. different ways right after we started it, you know. And, and the world's it, fine now, so you five. should be able to just hop back. Oh, yeah, everything's, everything's, everything's like perfect. No big well, here, deal. So, what, what, <laughs> right. so the, the off-season is is long. We have a, a seg, or a, I guess we should call it like a, a, a sister branding of stoppage time. If you guys ever want to come on here and just talk and we'll sit back and listen, we will be quiet, but we'll publish it for you. You let us know. I'll edit it. We'll, it. We will do all the editing. Right, we ben? will do all the editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. Uh, that would be great. Um, okay. I love Dwight though. He's hilarious. He's just a great guy. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, the, Dwight, I think is, uh, I kind of, I, I think I kind of took him for granted, you know, reading about him in your book. Um, I don't think I fully appreciated his, uh, his credentials and his history with the team. Um, and, uh, it was great, great to learn more about him. And, uh, um, sounds like he has a lot going on too. Um, and talk about selling high, retiring, the first game of the 2020 season, uh, <laughs> right? Pandemic and sale to Apple. Uh, like, See you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Mort Trey 
anything you want to add to the questions here before we let Steve go? No, I have just thoroughly enjoyed uh, listening in, and I'm I'm catching up being a relatively well, you can call it a new fan. I've been a fan since you know the oh seven or no oh six or five or six or something like that. But um, well, you got in at a great time. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> yeah. it's been a good mark. time. And um, yeah, and I um, I have I have ordered the first book, but I'm sure I will order the second book here pretty soon as well. Got to learn to read first, so, Mort. We told you that. I know, I know, but uh, you know what? To to Steve's point, I mean, it, it feels like it's not a whole lot of time for anything else. You have to just make sure you 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 take that time. Yeah. Am I going to mm-hmm. take that time with this reading? Yeah, Trey. No, I I don't have any I don't have anything to add. No, okay. it's just fantastic catching up with you and appreciate the uh, time this evening. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I know you're busy. All right, yeah, well, uh, Steve. Th- yeah, thank you for making time for yeah, us. Thanks, Steve. Uh, it's 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 a the book's a great read, a massive collection, volume two, um, which uh, there's there's a volume one, and then there's also uh, is it a massive season? That- yeah, massive seasons, the 2008 championship season. So I for that one, I just basically took all the the notebooks I wrote that year. Then I wrote stuff about the away games, and I wrote new chapters about other you know various things. So it just basically uh, just covers the entirety of that one. Um, you know, season where we won our first MLS Cup. Okay. Um, so I wanted to just preserve every moment, you know, so I would yeah. forget it. Yeah, know? it was uh, and, and a perfect season to chronicle. Um, and then how can folks, you know, follow you, uh, see what you're up to, and get the book? Um, uh, the, the books are available on uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um you always go to my website, which is circbook.com. Okay. Um, and then on, you know, Twitter, I'm at Steve Cirque. Um, and in case that site totally implodes, I'm also on threads at Steve Cirque. There you go. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Seems like it seems like it's going to implode at any, any minute. Yeah, the whole yeah. Yeah. X, right. the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Everything's yeah. terrible. All right. Well, hey, we, I, we know how busy you are. We appreciate you spending time with us. Steve. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for thanks for getting on, talking about the new book, and uh, can't wait to to see uh, what else you're working on. And all that. So, uh, volume three again and teaser. Yeah, I yeah, I heard that there's more in the hopper. So we'll we'll uh, yeah, there's, we'll wait with bated there's, breath. There's but. still stuff that that hasn't gone into the first two volumes. And and all right, very good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. We'll talk thanks, to you guys. soon, man. All right, go crew, go Later. Browns. Bye. Shake weights. Shake weights. Shake weights. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me again. And I come with great news. After a dominating performance in Boston on Saturday, the Cappies will go to the MLS Next Pro Finals again for the second time in two years. Back to back. Hell yeah, let's go. Uh, and I say dominant because uh, the crew too had more ball possession. They had 24 total shots versus their seven. They created more big chances. They had more accurate passing. They had a lot more passing and so forth. And ironically, for it being that dominating of a performance and for a team that is as good at scoring as we are, we uh, only scored when Rayo and Micheletto combined beautifully uh, with passes inside their box in the very last... 15 seconds of the game uh, to score a winning goal. 
And it was Ryo's birthday, so I couldn't imagine he could have asked for a better birthday present. And that's it. Uh, we're going to come here and play against Austin, who beat the number one seed Colorado Rapids 2 yesterday. And the game will be at lower.com. And I, so I expect everyone to go. For example, last year we set the record for biggest attendance in an MLS Next Pro match. And it was around, you know, the mid 7,000s. But that record has been broken by the St. Louis City 2 fans. And I think that they put 9,500 people in the stadium. So we have to aim for at least 10,000 to guarantee that that record stays where it should. I think a lot of people will go to this game. It's only 15 bucks. It's going to be a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And I'm very confident that if we play like we have been playing in this playoff series... Uh, I think the, the team is getting hot when they have to. The coaching staff clearly understands what they have in their hands and is able to use it really well. And I think that we have a really good chance to repeat the championship. So if you can go to the game, go to the game. If not, you know, like me, you celebrate it from far away. And But everyone should keep their eyes open because it's going to be an awesome Sunday. All right? Yeah, so let's go, Cappies. If this is my last address to you guys, to the podcast this year, I really appreciate having this opportunity. I really appreciate uh, having the chance to talk about the crew too. And yeah, uh, talk to you guys next year or not. Let's see if I give a review after the final. All right, see ya. Go crew. Oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, the Capi Bravo and the Nordeke are working on having a tailgate, so the details are not set in stone yet. But hopefully we'll have something and be able to communicate soon. And also we're going to try to make some banners. Uh, to, it's a very short turnaround, so we'll need some help. So if you have some time during the week to go and paint some cool banners to be shown at the rails in the stadium during the game, come on up, follow Capibrava on Twitter, on Instagram, or and on threads as well. We'll be sharing the details there. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, we're back. Um, as we're recording... We don't really know what's happening. Thanks, Austin, Bird, Colorado. But thank you, Bird, for <laughs> Thanks, that Bird. excellent summary of the crew too. I'm so and, pumped. Uh, he's rooting for Colorado. He's yep. rooting for Colorado, as I they don't say. blame him. He wants yep. to get to the game. Yeah, right. That actually makes well, a lot of sense. So many, many. I just want to see Austin. Many, win. I'm told, are <laughs> rooting against Colorado as the. Uh, that's the. A PC way of saying that, um, so that the crew two would host the final against Austin, a team that would be winning against Colorado, Austin. Um, okay, let's shift our focus to the first team and their quest in the playoffs this year, which we we know we will uh, participate in, but uh, the teams against which we will play. It remains to be determined. Uh, I think everyone is on 33 games now. Yeah. And we're coming up on, what do they call this? Uh, decision day. Is that what they got? So they yeah. Call it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, right. D-Day so, was taken, um, so they did decision day. Okay. Yes. Got okay. it. <laughs> cool. Cool. That was really good. That was a good shout. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, let's uh, let's take a look at at where we stand, and then kind of what what's coming up this weekend, and and what may unfold. So, Haas, can you talk through the table 
as it stands right now. Cincinnati is in first with 68 yes. points in the East. Yes. Orlando is in second with 60 points in the East. Philadelphia is in third with 55. Columbus in fourth with 54. New England at 52. Atlanta at 50. Nashville at 49. Montreal 41. Then a bunch of teams okay. trying to fight to get so, in over D.C. and yeah. Montreal. Yeah, so so yeah. Oh, I thought D.C. was out. They are. They, are. they, they are have out. played all 34 games. Oh, oh. Because we got 15 teams in the East. How indecisive! Mm. Yeah, um, and the way it okay, sets so, up, like yeah, so the way it like the teams under them, like win, lose, or draw, like one of them's gonna jump them. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay. Yep. Wayne Rooney's like, we're out. I promise. Oh, uh, he's out. So, yeah, he's, he's gone. out. He's already in England. Yeah, he's he gone. gone. That was the joke. Oh. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. okay. So uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, all right. So if everybody tied, we would play New England, right? If everybody tied, we would, we would play New England, number four versus number five, and we would play at home, right? Yeah. Yes. Correct. Okay. So, All so right. the big, big game was obviously uh, with uh, Nashville beating New England. Uh, suddenly, now a tie will be enough this, for us to secure uh, uh, home advantage. Correct. This past weekend, yes, Nashville scored late, right, and beat New England. No, they were up three. And no, they were up three nothing and almost gave it up. And then oh, and almost, almost lost it, it. Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch and, it. And I just read your top messages and then I surmise this <laughs> from the text messages. Okay. It wouldn't only be like it'd be home field advantage in a three game series. So Correct. there's a possibility of two home games. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh okay. So if we tie, we secure home field advantage in Tire fourth win. place. So could we, we would... potentially jump Philly if we tie? Definitely. It not not with a tie, then uh, Philly oh. probably has to. Eat, uh, Philly would have to lose. Lose, right? Okay. But What's if they the lose, breaker? goal difference. Actually, actually, hold on. Yeah, that's a good good question. Goal difference because New England I would would, should behind us on goal differential would be behind us if they win, more than likely, unless they win by a lot of goals. So the question now is, who who do we want? What do we want to happen? Is yeah, do we want the three question. six game or the five four game? I think I I want it to be right where it is. Yeah, like I mean, I'll take New England and I'll take playing Cincinnati. I agree. Next, oh that would it would be fun. They play. Yep. Yeah, I want to avoid avoid Orlando if at all possible. Yeah, just but, you mean like as a travel destination, right? Like for yourself, or it's way too far to okay. To <laughs> the amount of miles don't yeah. even get me started. <laughs> and and the the amount of minutes too. Typically, when right. one goes to Orlando, the from, minutes you fly in the same day. Well, house. but also yeah. there's too many minutes in the game. You give up four goals when you're in Orlando. Yeah, that's also true. Especially true. when you're Kevin Molino. Okay, yeah. so uh, okay, so Did, what do we want? What do we want? Let's go around. Ben, what do you want? To not have COVID. Uh, I would also like probably. <laughs> I like the New England and Cincinnati. I yeah. I just think you know if we have New England at home, I mean the home the home is clutch. So after the first game, if we're fourth, 
the next game, you know, we'll play the best of three, but then we'll play away, right? If we're fourth. Yes. Correct? Yeah. So, like, if we're going to go away... Assuming, yeah. assuming the higher-seated team Should, doesn't lose, yeah. That's that's something oh, I want to get yeah, into Yeah, I didn't even well, think about that. that. If we go to a third, then that could have any influence, uh, influence on us going further into the tournament. Um, the other thing we have to think about is here, with a win and a St. Louis loss, uh, all of those Eastern teams are ahead of St. Louis in terms of the, right. uh, the overall standing. So meaning that MLS I, would be would be to whoever wins the Eastern Conference pretty much of those top-ranked teams. Yeah, it's host. based on the Supporter Shield standings. That's yeah. right. There was so, actually a really good infographic, uh, I think probably the MLS put out. I don't remember what account I saw posting it, but it helped explain the weird playoff structure pretty clearly. Oh yeah, that would be great to see because I it's definitely not clear to me. So well, if Atlanta, uh, if Atlanta wins, with double headers. The home and away series games don't have extra time; they go straight to PKs. Yep, there has to be a winner, and then other games yep. do go to extra time. It's just like so confusing. But the goal differential doesn't matter. It's just like it, it, it is a win. Is First a win. to win two games. First to win two games. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. to the point, I'm fine with the standing the way it is. I wouldn't mind it either. I would want to avoid Philly because of no Philly's a tournament team. They know how to grant a victory. We played them yep. recently. We know how that is. I'd be worried about Nashville moving up, and we have to play them. I don't want to avoid them. So I would take Atlanta or New England over any of those two other teams. Yeah, and right sure. one. I can get behind that. Okay. All right, but we hate, we have to we have to pull this off though. That's the big thing because we Montreal, have to win, and Montreal has to win. Now we don't have to win. We need a tie to be secure, but Montreal pretty much have to win for them to be secure in the playoff. So yeah, you're saying they're going to be playing. They're to playing win. to to be included in the in the tournament. Yeah. Well, so are you guys? I mean, in the end, are you saying you don't want us to win against Mont- against Montreal? No, I, I still want to win, but yeah. Because that, that is what will propel us into third place. If right. more if, so, if, if New England beats Philly, I don't, I don't, s- I don't imagine that they are. I'd rather be going safe to, to <laughs> play that <laughs> level of strategy. They're going to play this game to win against Montreal, don't you think? They're not going yeah, oh, they to draw the game. Yeah, they're they're, they're I just playing meant to win. Saying I, we want. The I mean, that, revolution. Oh. In the end, does that mean you're rooting for a draw? So you kind of want to have. So here's the thing: you want Philly to win because then you have the fallback on standing being mm-hmm. what it is today. Yeah. Wait, and is if, there a scenario where Chicago win, makes yeah. it in? Oh my gosh! That, yeah, well, yeah, there is. Or even Charlotte. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I think the easiest. Yeah, it's thing because Charlotte is the only it, team that has an extra. Uh, them and Miami has an extra game, midweek. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. No, I mean, Holy yeah. Cow. More you just had it. Philadelphia wins, we win. Everything remains the same, mm-hmm. at least for the crew. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, New England could jump us if they win could. and we lose. Yeah. And yeah. then we don't have a home, home exactly. field advantage. So yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. Home field's important well, for the first round. not necessarily, because New England would jump us, but we would jump Philly, because they would have lost. 
if not if we no, lose, we wouldn't we wouldn't have. Yeah, well, not if we lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my yeah. point. It's a tie where where we're hosting. It's pretty this much. This is all stuff. very clear. It's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, the Eastern Conference uh, is separated by like one game, like yeah. in two different spots. Yeah. It's, I, I don't right. remember it being like this at all. I mean, the Western well, Conference. Yeah. I what think you're saying, is Ben, zero. is like the difference between home field advantage and not is two points, and the difference be- and and a couple, you know, what if four teams, and then the difference between getting into the the play in game and not is is about the same. There's like four it's or like five teams in the yeah, hunt like, still. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Which is yeah. sweet. Decision day gonna be good. Yeah. Yep. I feel like okay. the issue with it though, D-day. I mean, I know they do it on purpose. They all play at once. So it's yep. just like Is I'm, that true? I'm not I a big do fan. That's true. I don't think it's all the east and all the west play at the same time. Yeah. Oh, is that they do that in the EPL. I saw the different times. Yeah. Yeah. I understand the reasoning for it, but there's a lot of soccer people want to watch. I mean, I haven't been a big fan of the all games start at the same time. That's a whole different thing. But there's a reason for it because I want to watch some of it. You know. Well, you could just like um, if I'm at a game, I'm not going to come home and like watch all the things I already know the score of. Well, Sorry. so uh, yeah, I, but they do it so you, they don't you know, make turn the scores so- off and just yeah. watch the games. But there's I I will admit as much as I'm just kind of making fun of your point it's it's hard to watch a uh, game that's already happened even if you don't know the score it's just like it's different you know I don't, they, it, I, I, can't, I can't i can't i don't have enough time in my life to watch yeah. the game <laughs> right <laughs> right i'm sorry right. i i generally don't rewatch any of our games because yeah i i just can't Unless yeah. I was like at the game and way too drunk to really remember anything, <laughs> yeah. Then I will go back and oh, watch. Yeah. It. I actually I am much more like to watch thing. a game that I actually went to a game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I thought, it, I thought it was implied. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. um, let's let's see how it shakes out. We got a game here. It's it's a Saturday at six p.m. Eastern. Yes, um so we'll see what happens um oh and it's at it's at home right all right who's going oh yeah i'm going go. i'll be there going yep. going going yeah we'll see okay going we'll see if i can walk so so yeah. since we're on if this you guys uh, see ben he just had covid so <laughs> hugs. so no kissing you guys know you know stop but, kissing me, uh just as a refresher uh, as a refresher, as, and we will post this. Obviously, let's. Um, I'm going to go through the uh, the predictions by everybody yes, and uh, yes. see what people think about it now. Um, so we had uh, Haas uh, beating Montreal uh, two nothing. Well, Crew will beat Montreal two nothing. Trey had us winning three to one. Ben one to nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mars three to nothing, and I have one to nothing too. Oh, I just yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We you guys think that's going to be the game. That's going to be oh, the yeah. game. Oh, oh, last nothing. game of the season. Nail not if, the cop not if Kevin be... Molino has anything to do with it. Um, no. Okay, so uh, you know, no matter what the score is, if it's zero, if the opponent has zero, just put Molino in. He'll take care of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, a big thanks again to Steve Cirk for joining us. Uh, oh, yeah. Get his new book. A Massive Collection, Volume 2. It's a great read uh, for new and old crew fans and 
uh, new and old people. Uh, and <laughs> humans. <laughs> and uh, go Cappies. Uh, let's let's get let's get the repeat. The the debut oh, repeat. Yeah. Uh, pulling for them. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I I've got a good feeling about this game. I I think if, do I remember correctly, Mart, that everyone predicted a win against Montreal. Oh yeah, sure did. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let's see that unfold on Saturday. Until then, go crew. Go Thanks everyone for joining the club. We hope you'll listen next week and every week even in the off-season, to celebrate or commiserate. We'll save you a seat. If you like this podcast, please give us five stars and subscribe. You can email us at upper90clubpod at gmail.com. That's upper90clubpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at upper90clubpod. Go crew! No, uh... I can you think of something long? You know, at the end of commercials, they're like, <laughs> 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.